Oh man, I'm so glad to be done with that cack ghost. Me too. Are we out of the woods yet? I don't know. It's lovely, dark, and deep out here. And we have miles to go before we sleep. Yeah, it's a good thing that Joris Carol Oates isn't going to sneak up on us with her horrible laugh. <laughs> oh no, there she is. Philip Glass, start the theme music. Yeah, strap in, guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature <clears throat> podcast. Brought to you by Top Count Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on words on the page. It's always on having seasonal allergies. It's always on story collections. It's always on guys with thin heels. <laughs> is that us? No, I don't know. Do I have thin heels? I don't know. I, I, have, so. I'm, I have a dancer's heels. I do have very high arches on my feet, which is why if I'm like doing a job where I'm like on my feet a lot, I need to have like arch support. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, this is a show about literature. This is a show about go-go boots. <laughs> yeah, it's a show about fucking whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's introduce ourselves just because I want to hurry this along because we have someone we want to introduce and I don't yeah. want to leave her waiting too long in the dark with yeah. with, with, with Katie and Kemet's. In these ghostly woods. Yes. This is uh, uh, Gabriel Hoon. What are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And one of these days, I'll be able to serve you a beer at a bar. Boom. <laughs> and co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, who still has his mic just a little too low. Yeah, you do. And an author of speculative fiction. Woo! And Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. I believe we are haunted with another spooky spectral. It's a spooky spectral indeed. It is our ongoing annual series called Oatstober, where we celebrate all things Joyce Carol Oates. Mm -hmm. And we decided to do something special this year because normally we're just two guys talking about uh, women writers. And we thought maybe it'd be nice to have to shake it up and have some women voices on the show. And get them to bro down with us. And get us to bro down hoedown. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yes. Guests, hello. Please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. This is Caitlin Allen. Woo! Yay! Caitlin Allen Woo. to the rescue. I'm here. Turtles in the Power. house shell. <laughs> Turtle <power>. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We got it. Uh, uh, Caitlin, it's so great to have you. You're uh, the, the first time guest on this show. No way. I'm the first. No, no, I mean, no, it's your first time your on first our time. show. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> I was like, that's, okay, well, that's not as exciting. Uh, but it's exciting for me. Yeah, this is Yeah, cool. we're very happy to have you. Um, please, um, tell the audience a bit more about yourself. Okay. Um, well, I'm a comedian and a film filmmaker, a film producer, and uh, I live here in Los Angeles. I know yeah. Gabe from a, a weekly comedy show that I used to produce and host called Valley Poppins. Um, hopefully we'll get that going again not too not too long from now. Um, <laughs> when Gabe's uh, pouring beers, we'll be hopefully doing some jokes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's I mean that's pretty much it. You know I'm just I'm a hustler. <laughs> I'm in a studio. This is Heck my yeah. bed. This is my yeah. couch. Yeah. <laughs> that's your sun hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, we're, we're we're very happy to have you, Caitlin. Um, uh, that oh. so yeah, um, I bartended um at your open mic, and you know well, it wasn't open mic; it was a comedy show. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And it was I'll always a really you. really great time. It was always a really hilarious show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I I am. It's, it feels weird to say this to someone who I know, but I am a fan of your work. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and I remember you. that every now and again, me and other bartenders, we just be like, so are we buying white claws just for Caitlin this week or? <laughs> Yeah. So we'd smuggle in a white claw just for you. I know you guys really took care of me. Uh, we did our best. <laughs> yeah, we miss you too. We miss uh, the whole life. Yeah, I mean everybody's missing everything these days, but um What do you mean? What's going on? I mean j- just like in general like COVID everything shut down and hardly get Oh no, to I was I was people. I was kidding. I meant, oh, well like... I can't see you, so <laughs> I can't tell. It's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to gauge. Um, I was like, do yeah. you guys really not know that there's a pandemic going on? <laughs> huh? What, what do you mean? No, I'm, uh, if our recording setup here in the studio, I'm uh, like, Caitlin can't see us, but we can see Caitlin, so it's a real eyes wide shut kind of deal. <laughs> it's like, so please tell us more about that mask. <laughs> we see you Ooh. into Fidelio. your studio apartment. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on, Caitlin. It is a joy to have you. We're so happy to have you. Yeah. Yes. Also, do they not sell White Claws at a, at a bar at Oyster House? No, no. I don't know. I know very few bars that sell White Claws. I mean, you have to be kind of like like a sports bar kind of thing to yeah, do that. Yeah, a lot of sports okay. bars have them. I noticed that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for like, you know, like when the guys are there for the game. And like, then, let's you know, drink eight of these. Let's <laughs> drink eight White Claws. But then, you know, what you, what you always do is you always add an extra shot of vodka into yep. the White Claw. Now which, we're you talking. Know, just, yeah. I think there's a name for that, but I don't remember what well, it is. Uh, vodka and the White Claw? Yeah. Called a hangover. Vodka and the White Claw? Uh, <laughs> vodka power. There vodka power. Oh, Excellent. <laughs> All right. That was good enough. But yeah. um, before we go any further, everyone, please, we need you to do one thing for mm-hmm. us. We need you to go on the iTunes, and we need you to oh. write a review for our show. Please yeah. do it right now. It's the best and only way for us to get more and more out there. And, of course, we always love to read your reviews on air. Apparently, Caitlin, that, uh, I don't know if you know this, um, we were we had a bunch of reviews from England that we didn't know about because they weren't on the American iTunes. So oh. some guy had to, like, tweet at us his review. Yeah, the show's new... Did that make you be- feel famous? It did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and our show has a new best friend, Felix Taylor. Shout out to Felix Taylor. Shout out to Felix Taylor and yeah. Ki- um, Kiara Talent, as always. Kiara, yeah, Kiara Talent. Not a yeah. fake name. Apparently not. Talent. I don't know. Talent. That's, that's Any new reviews this week, Daniel? No. God damn it, you guys. <laughs> God damn no. it. Thank you for- Thank you very much. We have lots of reviews this year, so I'm I'm very yeah, honestly, happy that, yeah. that we got Hey, that it's yet. all about forcing an obnoxious call to action in the beginning of your show. But I, I gotta be honest though, not enough fun three star reviews. I really miss those. Yeah, no, Caitlin, we love having bad reviews. It just brings us joy. <laughs> Medi- um, uh, yeah, mediocre reviews are the best. <laughs> yeah, like like my favorite one is uh just sounds like two guys in a room talking about books. <laughs> too too much like this. This sounds like too much like two guys talking about a book they read, and we're Oops. like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's not us. Put that uh, on a shirt and sell it. There's your merch. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. We'll put on a mug. That, two right. guys need- <laughs> who talk about books in a in a closet. Also, four out of five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> attached to that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, a joy, yeah. but let's move on. Okay. Daniel, yes. what's going on? Okay, so we're continuing Oatstober, where every <laughs> single... Oh, no, it's Charles Scarlet. Oats hiding in the woods. I, I, I really half-assed that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you did. That's fine. It, yeah, it, I was, I'm tired. It didn't shock me. And it's like, yeah, because we love Joyce Carol Oats, and we spent an entire month 
or like five weeks essentially this pretty point. much um talking about nothing but joyce cow oats heck yeah uh and yes we've talked about her before we've gone into the like history of her and uh, and whatnot that's another thing that's on a mug yeah that's gonna be on a mug um and uh yeah so we're continuing and we're selecting we're going to be reading a short story selected to selected by selected to and from to by us seasonal allergies i'm kind of loopy yeah uh, <laughs> but uh by our guest caitlin yeah. here caitlin texted me said listen up fuck nuts we're doing this story yes and i was like yes ma'am and this yeah. is a, this that's this definitely is a, my energy for sure <laughs> listen up fuck nuts listen quote up, fuck caitlin nuts. allen yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, yeah, this is um, this is also a story I've been wanting to read for a while. I, d- I, n- I don't have the short story collection. You don't? No, I don't. But I've wanted to. It's one of our more recent ones. Yeah. Yeah. 2014. Has, 20, 2014. She has another one coming out in tw- uh, February of 2021. She also just had a novella collection just come out last week. On yeah. that note, Caitlin, well, do you know anything about Joyce Carol Oates? Nope. Did not oh my. know anything about this woman. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, Joe's Joe's Carlos is a huge fan. Who did re- you did research? Yeah, I did a bit of research, right, but get- um, uh, so um, super quick rundown on Joyce Carol Oates. She's still alive. She's mm. quite old. She's mm. from uh, New York. She's a fellow East Coaster. What? Mm-hmm. what? Um, she teaches at Princeton and also NYU. She did teach. She did teach, yeah. and uh, she kind of has an absurd. She's been writing since the '60s. I think since the, she's been she was been published. Uh, I think her she was first published and she was like 21 and. Yeah, she's only gotten like more prolific as she yeah. as she grows. Yeah. yeah, Caitlin, if there's one thing anyone knows about Joyce Carol Oates is that she's so prolific, she makes Stephen King look like fucking Frank Ocean. <laughs> a, a slouch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she's kind of ama- like it's amazing how much like she will uh, I always make this joke every single time and I will not not do it. Go ahead. But it's the idea that like regularly she puts out like on average like she put out uh, like she a, puts a, out <laughs> she puts out that's gonna be that's a t-shirt oh my gosh she's gonna love that <laughs> yep it's like that and our stickers our stickers she'll be like that's adorable and she sees the t-shirt it's just Carol Oates puts out on the back lots of books a year yep she'll love it she'll yeah I mean she's gotta. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, she uh, no, she she regularly puts out like usually like a long like gothic family drama. Yes, she'll put out like a horror novella and then like a short story collection. Roughly all of those in a single year, and she's been doing that like on average for like a good like twenty years or whatever. Yeah, and she also writes about like boxing all the time. Yeah, she, she has a really great book, uh, oddly enough, on on boxing. How like everyone's is like you you love to see boxing and then she'll be like yes and then she has throughout uh-huh. an entire book about like what she sees in boxing and it's really fucking cool yeah joyce carol oates looks kind of like like an even willow willowier like wednesday adams willowier willowier it's like if wednesday adams grew up and started and taught at princeton you yes. know that, that's that's what she looks like yeah but uh but we're yeah, big fans we're obviously big, yeah big fans i couldn't um, tell <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Gabriel, did you what 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 other little tasty bits of knowledge did you pick up this week on Joyce Carol Oates uh, or whatever? I have all sorts of a little bit of information, but actually before we do that, I want to learn a little bit of little learn a learn a learn. Oh, learn. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like I don't know what I did last night, but apparently it might have been heroin. Um, before nice. we get into that, I only I don't have that much information on the story because there's not that much on it, but mm-hmm. I do want to dip in a little bit quickly. Caitlin, are you a big reader? What are your favorite authors? Um, no, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I used to be for sure. I think one of the takeaways from this experience that 
um, that I recognized was how much I used to read and how much uh, of, uh, how do I put, like just basic, like being in college and just studying things constantly, like always learning new things. Like I feel like that's something that has been uh, lacking in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know how it is, Gabe. I don't really know you too well, Daniel, but maybe you know how it is too, especially living in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. you're like, you're going after, it's just such a competitive place to live. Mm-hmm. You know, that I feel like I'm only, I'm like, very singularly focused and then things like this happen I realize like oh I'm not doing other thing I'm just working all the time like what am I doing (laughs) all I do is work and there's you know short stories to be read and like history to know and I don't know I feel like it's been I'm losing brain cells by the day living in the cities (laughs) yeah I've I've heard that's like the curse of like living in LA the sunshine kind of fries your brain Mm -hmm. it does and I mean I'm just like go 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 and then you know I I do read a lot of self-help books (laughs) hey um, do you have a favorite one of those I'm I'm a big fan of self-help books yeah um, I really like let's see what's what's one I'm listening to I like uh, Dr. Wayne Dwyer it's pretty great Louise Hay Hmm. um Abraham Hicks, more like metaphysics. I'm into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Learning about that, geek out on that. Um, yeah. Oh, well, a quick, quick sidebar. Um, I, I think we can hear your chair creaking. Yes, it's probably me when I was moving. <laughs> okay, it's all right. Don't. This this, yeah. Just want to make sure. Let me just tell you. Don't worry. This is all staying in. <laughs> yeah. Because I edit this. Daniel okay. has a very laissez-faire kind of approach to editing the show. Yeah. Great. Speaking of which, Daniel, well, you didn't read, you didn't, you didn't audiobook this one because normally no, no, we no. have, normally we have a, a wonderful segment, Caitlin, where mm-hmm. I ask Daniel what video game was he playing while he was listening to the audiobook, whatever book we did this week. Ugh, no, for okay. me, it's like I'm more like I read this until I fell asleep. When I woke up this morning, I read the rest of it off of a browser. Off of a browser. Wait, Caitlin, off did you print it out? I, I did, and then uh, you know there was like a bunch of ads all over it, and I thought that, <laughs> that if I printed it, it wouldn't print the ads. Because when I saw the preview on my like my print setup, it <laughs> didn't show mm-hmm. the ads. And then I, I printed off fifteen pages of this woman's short story with download, you know, tr- uh, Trumpism after Trump, the PDF. Yeah. <laughs> Like whatever is like all so yes, technically I did print it, but I ended up reading it off the browser too. And uh gotcha. Caitlin, did mm-hmm. you click any of the ads? No. Um I finally On the after, paper? After fi- <laughs> after finishing the short story, I found out how to close out of them. So I was like, Well that was good timing. As soon as I was done reading it. Great. Did you try hitting the close button on the uh, on the paper? On the just pressing X on the paper? Just tr- yeah, it didn't work. I tried it before, it never seems to work. But, but like, like I, I saw you like this packet of paper and you kind of tapped them in front of you. I'm like, are we watching a newscast? So this is this is cool. Up next, the news at five. It was it was almost like you were because you were saying you were talking like how like, oh, I don't get around to reading much. And then you brought up all these pages <laughs> as, as if like as if you were to kind of like confuse us saying it's like, oh, this is all the books I've been reading. And it's like 15 pages. You <laughs> yeah. printed out, And we're like, like what guys, is this? As I moved to L.A., I'm down to one novel every other day. It's really <laughs> embarrassing. It is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. That's funny. But all right. Um, so let's go back to Oatstober. Yes. And Oats. I have a little bit of oh, research yeah, okay. for us. 
Read so, it, read it, read as it. As I said, there's not that much about the short story other than it was published in Harper's in November of 2013. Harper's! Harper's! And his collection itself was published in September 2014, and it was also nominated for the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. <clears throat> oh, it was? Yeah, the collection was. Oh, the collection was? Yes. I don't know how the Pulitzer works. Me neither. Uh, I've been, I've been working... <laughs> I've been working on a certain nonfiction literary project, and like I realized how, first of how much I confused the Pulitzer with the Nobel Prize, uh-huh. and like how it's like, oh, what a silly guy I am to not know the. Di-. Then I was like, what is the? Like I know the Pulitzer, the the Nobel is in like Swe- uh, Sweden and everything like that, and now Switzerland. Um, What's the difference between the two countries? Anyways, <laughs> are Sweden and Switzerland the same thing? Which one I, has better chocolate? I definitely went to public school, so I'm going to say Switzerland and Sweden <laughs> are the same thing, yeah. Okay, I, I believe that. I think one of them has chocolate and the other one has, like, Nazis or something. I think it's that's right. hard okay. to remember. It, it's hard to remember. But, um, yeah, and then, like, the Pulitzer. And then after all this, I'm like, what is the Pulitzer? I don't know. It's impressive. Um, I believe generally it's um, only ever it's award for writing and mm-hmm. journalism, poetry, and fiction. Whereas the Nobel um, happens to also have a thing it's for, for books, shit. but for other mostly <laughs> useless bullshit like peace. Yeah, like someone yeah. just like uh, didn't. I'm, I'm sorry. I think me and Caitlin are trying to talk. What was that, Caitlin? No, I was just uh, not, nothing. Go ahead. I wasn't okay. talking. No problem. Uh, no, I was gonna say someone just recently won the the, the Nobel Prize for Peace. no, it Science. was it was for scientific research towards like a disease. It might be cancer. It might have been something. Yeah, someone else. with DNA rewriting. Yeah, maybe it was something like that. Phil, was it was it DNA rewriting? DNA rewriting doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would win a Nobel like prize. It would be like for like cancer research or something. I don't know. <laughs> I figure as long as I can one day become half cheetah. Uh, this, this these groups uh, uh, cloned a human being in a jar. They're helping world peace. Uh, I like that. <laughs> um, but, wonderful. But that I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> All right, so um, I don't want to get too far ahead of us. Oh, my God. But I decided to do a little bit of research on Who? Robert Frost. Oh, my God. Bobby Frost? Ba- oh, Bobbo. Oh, not, not Roberto Burns, but Bobby Frost. Oh, my God. My iPad never cooperated with me. <laughs> so, um... Uh, for those of you who have read this story beforehand, again, it's available for free on Harper's website. Mm-hmm. That's how we decided to do this. Um, the story itself is about Robert Frost. And I think if you guys are like me, I spent a little bit of time reading it being like, how much of this is true? Yeah. So here's a little bit of info about old cold Bobby. Robert Frost, born March 26, 1874, died January 29th, 1963. The events in the story take place in 1951, I believe. Mm. Um, he's an American poet, and he's the only poet to have ever won four Pulitzer Prizes for poetry. Brag. <laughs> yeah, fucking hum- not even a humble brag. Not even a humble brag. Um, Frost definitely had a frosty relationship <laughs> with Ezra Pound. <laughs> Yeah, and Ezra Pound was also the first American to favorably review his work because prior to um, Pound, Frost was mostly popular in England beforehand. Because mm. I don't know, I guess apparently just yeah. the Americans were like, we don't like this shit. Bring yeah. on T.S. Eliot. T. Uh, yeah. We want more cats. Ezra Ezra Pound. Yeah, Ezra Pound is a very. I don't know if I don't mean to get ahead in your research, but there's not that much more. There's there's a lot of weird shit because like I don't know anything about Ezra Pound other than the fact that you read his name a lot like during that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I keep on thinking he's some kind of like screamo band. Yeah, yeah, Ezra Pound. <laughs> I actually would be. It would it's be a good one if it didn't have such negative connotations for the person he actually 
became, unfortunately, because yeah, it, they're not kidding about how he, uh, yeah, he became he was a 10 Nazi. Out of 10 not chill. <laughs> he became a Nazi oh. and and, uh, and uh, wrote and recorded and broadcasted uh, a the Nazi pro- album. Anti-American and anti-Jewish propaganda during World War II was arrested, went insane in prison, and basically spent the rest of his life being like kind of like a bitter racist who is more or less crazy. Cool. So yeah, that's why nobody talks about Ezra Pound anymore. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's you know what I'm. I'm not sorry then. Yeah. Okay. Um, Robert Frost's life was definitely plagued by a lot of grief and loss. By 1900, both of his parents were dead, his father of tuberculosis, his mother of cancer. In 1920, he had to commit his younger sister, Jeannie, to a mental hospital uh-huh. where she died nine years later. Mental illness ran in Frost's family as he and his mother suffered from depression. His wife, Eleanor, also experienced depression, and his daughter, Emma Irma, was also committed to a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Eleanor and Robert had six children. Elliot died in 1900 of cholera. Um, uh, Leslie Frost, who um, died in 83. Um, the son, Carol, like from The Thing, who committed suicide in 1940. And then there was Irma, who was institutionalized. Uh, Marjorie, who died after childbirth. Jesus. Another Eleanor, who died after childbirth. Mm. And uh, then Frost's wife died of breast cancer in 1937. So, ooh, or 38, I'm sorry. Sounds like a real uh, happy time i don't know real That's... real non-stop party <laughs> wow mm-hmm. heavy uh oh shit i wrote this whole fun uh, but this whole thing okay here we go um so when this story came out um his grandson john Cohn, accused oates of quote trying to cash in on grandfather's memory and the biographer of Frost, who um, William Pritchard, who wrote frost a literary <clears throat> literary life reconsidered dubbed the work quote Utterly preposterous and quite distasteful, according to the New Republic. <laughs> so yeah, apparently, like later on, long after he died, there was kind of a reevaluation of him. And Frost was apparently not a very chill dude. Doesn't yeah. sound like it. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Also, I should. I also want to point out that, like, I know that Oates herself has been accused in a separate thing where um, she likes to uh, kind of write about. Um, in like baser stories on like real life events and focusing on certain like kind of like famous like infamous like murders and cultural things like we mm-hmm. read a story last year that wasn't all that great but apparently it was based on like loosely based on like a Charles Manson type character yeah. she wrote Zombie which is based on uh, what's his fucking nuts Dahmer Dahmer yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, and then like one of her uh, most famous earliest stories was based on the Pied Piper killer. Um, but like she, uh, she at one point she actually did get in trouble because like there was like a murder that happened, and then like f- like two or four months later she published like a short story that was based on that murder, and like everyone was kind of like, "Dude, Joyce, come <laughs> <Too> on, <soon. laughs> chill, <laughs> too <Yeah>. soon. <laughs> give it a, give it a moment here." Like, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, she responded to all this criticism with like like a shrug like cool yeah. man like <laughs> cool story bro and she just pointed to the bottom of the story being like this story is a work of fiction based very loosely on events in a biography yeah so um, yeah Joyce well, Carol Oates gives no fucks well, well, well like well going about like how much this could or cost uh, this uh, could or could not like be based on like real events or exactly what kind of thing it is I have a lot to say about that considering the fact the other things I've read but that said that said so lovely dark deep Yes. Did we say that's name yet? <laughs> I don't know if we did. Okay. We did? Okay. Thank, thank you, Caitlin. Caitlin. You um, listen much better than the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> um, Caitlin, special guest of the show. Would you care to tell the listeners a brief summary of what happens in Lovely Dark Deep? No, I feel like I'm in school. I have homework and I have to <laughs> do a summary. I mean, the uh, the the quickest summary I can say is that there's a a young 
a young woman who is my age, by the way. I was reading this like, holy shit, hey. this girl's yeah. a virgin. Um, <laughs> good lord. But she uh, <laughs> she gets the opportunity to, to interview Robert Frost, who she was a big fan of. And it's honestly just a, it's the interview with Robert Frost that definitely gets a little frosty. <laughs> and um, how many times can we make that joke? Um, keep it going. I will keep it going. We're at two right now. <laughs> I think that's, kind of, I mean, that's the action summary anyway. I mean, there's a lot that is going on here to dive into, but. Go for it. That's it. Oh, no, I mean, I just said that <laughs> the action summary. Dive, well, dive, dive. As your teacher, I just have to say, wow, you could have gone farther. Uh, well, that's why I'm Caitlin, not see me after class, anymore. please. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin, take your desk and wait out in the hall. The whole <laughs> desk. I don't know. <laughs> if you weren't so, so busy triggering. making jokes. So triggering. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Robert Frost just sounds like a racist douchebag. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the vibe I got from her description of him and the way that he's interviewing her. There's obviously a lot of... Um, also a sexist, bit of a perv. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she really seems to, in the beginning, start off by saying how much she looks up to this man before she, before she knows him uh, or, like, actually has a chance to talk with him. Uh, how much, you know, what a fan she is of his and that her heart is beating so fast. Like, this is such a big deal for her to interview this guy. And then he kind of turns out to be a turd, you know? Um <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can dig uh, it. Yeah, that's totally, well, that, that's, that's pretty much what happens. I want to add yeah. just like a, a couple things there, but yeah, like young woman comes in, kind of presents herself as being like Evangeline Fife, Evangeline, mm-hmm. Evangeline Fife of the Scots. Known as Scots. Fife Dog, <laughs> co-founder of Tribe Called Quest. Uh, Tribe Called Quest. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, she, she, like, she comes in kind of like a sort of Trojan horse, like kind of as like, I'm a, oh, I'm just a timid young woman. Mm. And mm. Robert Frost immediately comes across as being bullish and mm. like condescending Boorish. and, and yeah. yeah. Constantly like denigrating like the readership of her like magazine. Yeah. Every, everything Talking is kind of down down beneath him. He, he, he's the kind of guy who clearly like knows how good he is and isn't afraid to like, kind of like show off. It's like, listen, I'm Robert fucking Frost. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, um, it, yeah, it slowly basically becomes a kind of interrogation that yeah. it becomes clear that Evangeline kind of is setting a sort of trap for him that for as much as she admires him, she's also not there to fuck around and she kind of knows a like way more than he thinks about all the past tragedies about all the ugly and savory parts of his character and he kind of like builds up to like this like doddering like ugly display from an old man like like oh, my notebook you're yeah. none of your readers make any change no oh you are little people i am a big man caucasians rule yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh yeah no let me let me because uh, that's basically like all the things that we can talk about that actually happens in this book. Let me actually go around real quick before we go on break. Let's go around. Um, uh, Caitlin, mm-hmm. do you what do you know about Robert Frost? Because besides what I just told you, yeah, I don't know anything about. I mean, I know I'm sure that you know I I'm sure we studied him in school, you know, 15 years ago. But I don't. Nothing really like sticks out. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I was gonna say like I think that's what most of us probably like. like we I all know read his famous. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know he's written a lot of great poetry. I know there's 
some things that we quote in everyday life that are, are some of the lines in his poetry, which is pretty impressive. But as far as who he is, where he's from, any history of his life, I didn't know any any of that. He's a sad old pervert, which you know now. Yeah, Gabriel, is that is that kind of like the same it's the same deal as you? For like, the most part, yeah. I remember in eighth grade, our English teacher forced us to memorize "Stopping by the Woods in a Snowy Evening." Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. we all had to recite it because you no, know, we, we had like the psychotic English teacher. She was. Oh, a, she, she was, was fucking crazy. She was crazy. Uh, me, me and Gabe went to the same middle school in high yeah, school. Yeah, they only oh, have known each like, other for like twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. All middle school teachers are probably fucking insane. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. she was extra insane. Yeah, this one was particularly insane. She, um, she would talk about how much she loved me for like three quarters of the year. Then at some point, I couldn't find my book, and I went over to the big pile <laughs> of like, of, like the books that we were reading that she has over in her desk. She came in and flipped out and was like, "That is the rudest thing anyone has ever done to me." And I was just like terrified. I'm like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> she yeah, she was. She was awful. I, I can't. I can't believe people like that are allowed around children seriously yeah <laughs> it's crazy anyway <laughs> it was, no yeah it was a bad time <laughs> yeah not a fan of that lady yeah but uh yeah no uh but anything else is that no nope. yeah. no uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's an old poet and um he's very revered and i don't know i'm not much of a poetry guy caitlin do you like poetry at all yeah i used to be really big into writing poetry back when i was emo as hell um, read us one hell yeah oh, read us one, one Re- like read us the poem that you have called uh, titled uh azure skies <laughs> <laughs> are there any ones where you compare yourself to a crying clown no no that's just my journal entries uh read your journal entries read your journal entries <laughs> oh my god yeah, Caitlin, this, is, this has all been an elaborate trap where we kind of spring on you all these very serious questions about your emo past and all of your tragedies. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, we're, like, we're like the Chris Hansen of embarrassing uh, emo middle school uh, uh, journals. I was just like, yeah. oh, this is taking me back to high school. Now I'm back in middle school. Like, what are you guys doing to me? Make it uh, stop. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I definitely liked writing poetry. Um you know, believe it or not, creative writing was probably the the class that I took in high school that really, like, changed every, like, put me on a path that ended up changing everything for me. That's what got me to do film, which eventually got me to do stand-up. So, you know, being, poetry was where that all started. Um, but did I have any, like, formal training or, like, did, did I study, you know, famous poets? No. Like, I just... <laughs> It was more of me just, you know, writing to get shit off my chest, you know, being an emo teenager. Heck yeah. Okay. No, that, that, that's, yeah, that's solid. But yeah, that's, that, I feel yeah, like, I mean, that's, like that's part, something we can all relate and whatnot. Partly why um, I asked is because, like, I don't, I, I don't want to speak for you, Daniel, but, like, I don't, like, I'm not much of a poetry person that I, <clears throat> I, I can count on, like, one hand the poems I really like. It's just, for me, like, I just don't I don't get it, and mm-hmm. I want to get it. Mm-hmm. It's just never been my thing. Yeah, it's a, lot and of, a little more abstract. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's something very similar where, like, I, I, like, you know, I've always been a writer and whatnot, and, like, in my earlier years, I used to kind of, like, not really take the time with poetry because, like, it was, like, a form I didn't understand. Yeah. I didn't really get. Um, yeah. Plus, like, r- poetry always reminded me of, like, awkward, like, rock and roll poetry that you would love in your teenager and your teen years and like that was the kind of thing that's like, like what like all of them like any rock and roll song out there that tries to be ballad. moving or meaningful like, like anything from the doors <laughs> yeah like the door whatever band whatever was your band back in the day right but uh mm. so like hollow notes i think like recently i'm reading more poetry but even then like it's still something that i don't fully 
grasp. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be I'll get in the mood to try again, and then I'll get through like halfway through like one and be like, oh right, I don't like doing this. That's it. Oh, yeah, Caitlin, sorry, you're saying? No, I'm just agreeing with you, saying yeah. That's it, Raymond Carver, awesome poet. I love his poetry. His poetry is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just want to say also, yeah, no, uh, same thing. We all remember Robert Frost as being like you. There was like a picture in like the old like textbook, you the English textbook you you had in, in middle school and high school of like some old man out in like some kind of snowy woods looking like he was chopping wood, uh-huh. and he looked like a grandfather, you know, some white grandfather that you had growing up, being like, oh, do you want to go by grandpa's and listen to him? Talk about fucking stopping by a snowy woods and shit. I only had one grandpa. And he was white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was so white, guys. He was so white. It was just like like in your family, this guy, like fucking Robert Frost. Yeah. <laughs> so it's your grandfather. I'm like, are you sure? But yeah, no, uh, the only thing that I, that I that I kind of knew about Robert Frost going into this that, um, that would kind of allude to like being like, oh, Robert Frost was actually like this was that Robert Frost, I think, was buds with Hemingway and would go hunting with him. Sure. So, like, clearly it's like, like, all right, he needs to at least have, like, the stomach for that kind of uh, company, you know? Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many of these, like, these older, uh-huh. like, what I really like, about, not to get into our, my feelings about the story already, mm-hmm. is that I like the notion of, like, Joyce Carol Oates or this fictional character, like, interrogating this, this revered old poet and so many of these old white bastard poets were kind of shitty dudes. Yeah. And also, like, uh, in a way, like, kind of, like, hypocritical, but in a way that's, like, they were also celebrities. I mean, mm-hmm. that's something that we don't really grab. But anyway, but I think we're getting too far ahead. I think what we need to do, pump okay. the brakes. Okay, okay, okay. And we need to go on break. When we come back, we have a game to play. You're going down, Caitlin. I, I, <laughs> I am pitting Caitlin, who is probably going to do better than she believes or is, or is letting on. I think she's ring. I think she's uh, uh, a ringer. Ringer. That's what the word is. Starring Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, the, he's, she's Johnny knoxville us. Oh, no. And then... <laughs> and then... <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I put like, a lot oh, of no. images in our head that I'm just yeah. like, oh, whatever. I'm stalling. <laughs> and then... Uh, but yeah, Gabe sucks. Whatever. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And uh, But when we come back, we're going to do that game. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Running out of steam as I say this. I'm sorry. We're going to break, guys. All right. Let me get the wine. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. I'm still Caitlin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be fair, like, Gabe totally inter- uh, interrupted me. It's welcome back, dear slow readers, to slow readers. And instead, before two slow readers, it's like I'm Gabe, and I was I'm like, Gabe, what? I'm Daniel. Okay, and this is still <laughs> slow readers. Very confused, go. poorly executed, but mm-hmm. we're 180 episodes going strong. Welcome to our show. <laughs> Almost 200 episodes. Almost 200 episodes, That's and we're this insane. bad. Yeah, and we're only getting better. Is the worst thing. Oh, we're getting better. Yeah, much like Michael Jackson. Hmm, I guess so. He's dead. Yeah. No, he's... Yeah, yeah. I guess his corpse could be getting better. His reputation's getting better. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Anyway, we am not going to touch that with a, a white glove. Um, that said, moving on, Gabriel and Caitlin. Yes, Daniel. We have a game to play. We have a game. And it's a little game that we created for this show. Yeah. It's not readers. But the game is called Gatekeeper. 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 <laughs> Gabriel and Caitlin. There you go. Uh, Gabriel and Caitlin, this is a game. Gabraitlin. Gabraitlin. This is a game, as I stifle a burp as I'm saying this, <laughs> called Gatekeeper. Let Gatekeeper. Me, let me set the scene for you all. Okay. Standing before you are ten enchanted gates. <laughs> 
Each of you must take a turn at a gate. I roll for initiative. Attempting fail. Attempting to answer the (laughs) riddle of what lies behind the final gate. As you progress through them, you feel your life force drained from you. The only way to retain your essence and fling the remaining gates open is to solve the riddle. Caitlin, what D&D class do you play as? Uh, uh, What? Don't worry about oh it. Oh my god. How <laughs> dare you not know D&D off the top of your head? Of course. Of course you guys are D&D guys. Yeah. yeah. We tr- we actually try to be. We're actually failers. Yeah, we're not very good thing. at us. That's a bummer. <laughs> that makes us even worse. <laughs> it's sadder. Yeah. Go on, Daniel. Uh, they do a place around here where they do like D&D stuff, but like, you know, everything's shut down. That said, <laughs> yeah. uh, we like to, I'll explain the rules as we go along in case anyone needs any reminders, mm-hmm. but uh, we like to do this kind of keeping as close as possible with like the thing that we're, we're covering during sure, the week. Sure, yeah. Um, and this time, uh, Joyce Keller Oates uh, has many stories. She does. And not as many adapta- uh, film adaptations I'd use, as you'd imagine. Sure. But she's had plenty of them. Okay. Um, one of the most recent ones uh, uh, is the film Vengeance, A Love Story, mm. which is based on uh, the George Keller Oates novella Rape, A Love Story. Mm. Uh, Nicolas Ugh. Cage stars in Vengeance, <laughs> A Love Story. Yeah, I know. That's a title that makes you do like, uh, but like George Keller Oates, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a, that's a tame one. It, it's like, no, I don't want to say it's even the that's tame just, that's one. That's a pretty actually, that's hard one. That's, that's a very hard, hard title, yeah. No, uh, yeah, George Keller Oates titles, if you just kind of go know, through Daddy them. I don't know, Daddy Love? That's da- one that really makes me like my skin crawl? Yeah, that, that's know. another... Rape is a little heavier to me than that, but... Than Daddy Love? Yeah, well, there? Daddy Love, you hear that, and it's not a positive story. Like, <laughs> it's... Yeah, anyway. Go anyway, on, Daniel, sorry. please. Oh, so sorry. Let, sorry. Let's step around that. It's a very... It, it, she's a very, very heavy writer because these are the subjects that she specifically writes about. But that's it. Yeah. Uh, guess who stars in Vengeance, a love story? Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. All y'all need to guess the riddle of what... Nicolas Cage starring film lies behind the final gate. Wonderful. In this oh, God. game of gatekeeper. <laughs> gatekeeper? Nicolas Cage. That's it? <laughs> Wait, you didn't, exp- you didn't explain the rules. I did already. The gates and you had the guest life force being drained. <laughs> y'all, I guess y'all, so. y'all, start with, y'all start with 10 points uh-huh. or 10 HP hit points. No, just, just 10 points. 10 points. Hit points. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> ten, uh, 10 points and everything, and basically as you progress, you lose points, but to retain your points, you need to basically yes. uh, guess it with we as We'll take turns selecting gates and hints. Yes. That said, start the theme music. Heavy sigh from Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin. Uh-huh. You are our guest. Yes. So, you get to decide who goes first in this game called Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. <laughs> I'll go first. Nice. Caitlin, I have 10 gates that you will select at random. Pick a number between 1 and 10. 7. 7. 7. Nice. Um, that's it. Some of these some of these gates will be absolutely useless. I'm trying to be purposely <laughs> obscure. But also on top of this, like, you know, some of them might be like, oh, I know exactly what that is based on, you know, okay. sometimes it's always a surprise for the person who makes up the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. The good news is that you're coming against a total fucking know it all over here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's the right. good news? That, that's the good news. All right. Fucking hell, this guy. All right. <clears throat> Gate seven. <laughs> One of the co-stars of the film has appeared in multiple films by legendary filmmaker James Cameron, a producer on this film 
compared this film's director to James Cameron, although the producer ultimately admits that this filmmaker is a total sweetheart, while James Cameron is a total asshole. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caitlin, valiant effort. You're going down to nine points. Nine points for Caitlin. And now, Gabe, it's your turn to slither your way in there. Oh, boy, can you please repeat the clue? Oh, jeez, it was long. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was a long, long one. Long one. Yeah, sorry about this. So, one of the co-stars of this film, starring Nicolas Cage, yeah. uh, it has appeared in multiple James Cameron films. Okay. Uh, a producer on this film compared the director of this film uh, to James Cameron, but says James Cameron's a total asshole, as this f- director is a total sweetheart. Okay. Um, uh, that's not enough for me to make a guess on, so I'm going to have to pass as well. Pass it on. Gabriel, that's not actually you. That's not that noise. You don't lose oh, it. sorry. Points, okay, that's cool. <laughs> uh, that said, now it's your turn. To pick a gate. I'm gonna go with gate number three. Gate number three! Oh, why is it so long? I really pulled this one out of my ass. Right? In case you couldn't <laughs> tell. Okay. <clears throat> oh, my nose. I'm dying. Alright. Allergy season. Gate. I ran out of flonase, too. Gate three. Gate three. This was the last film produced by legendary producer Don Simpson. Mm. Don Simpson produced such hit films as Flashdance. Beverly Hills Cop and Top Gun. This film is his final posthumous credit. Complete side note, that's not even a hint at all, but it's just oh really God. interesting. So Don Simpson was apparently like a loudmouth, cocaine-fueled Hollywood monster man. Hell yeah. Sounds uh, he, like most producers. Yeah, th- he is <laughs> pinnacle, that guy. If you if you he picture like total child. Yeah. Like douche like unredeeming douchebag. He is the, he <laughs> died. He's that guy. But he also like died of an extreme overdose of drugs. Um, but like uh, he, uh, on the, among the many things that he claimed that might be an exaggeration, he claims to have discovered Michael Mann, one of my favorite filmmakers, and uh, Charles Fleming described a uh, journalist. Charles Fleming described him as, quote, a supercharged, single-minded creature, an Aesop's fable on crystal meth. Wow. So the last film that this guy was credited on, Game. Oh, okay. Boy. All right. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think I have a guess either. That's actually really tough. Right. The, the name sounds very familiar. Obviously, that you know, I like reading about Hollywood history, um, and I'm obviously I'm a big fan of Beverly Hills Cop. I don't get Top Gun. I've never gotten Top Gun. Hey, no, do you like Top Gun? Uh, have I seen Top Gun? Is that the question? Uh, do you like it? Um, I don't remember having an opinion. So that's yeah. A, that's kind of my uh, deal too. I'm like Top Gun's good. It's no cocktail. I've never. Seen it. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, I have to pass as well. I'm down to nine points. Oh, down to nine points. Uh, Caitlin. Caitlin, I know you're a hardcore Don Simpson fan. You know me, baby. Um, (laughs) You're you're a fan of uh, guys who are supercharged, single-minded creatures and Aesop Fable on crystal meth. I've heard that said about you. just sounds like the worst boss of, you know, just the worst person (laughs) you ever want to work with. Um, Yes. What happens if I guess and I get it wrong? Uh, you, you lose, lose two, two points. points. Oh, only on. one point this round, actually. Okay. Sure. Well, um, let me get one. I get a. Can I get a clue and then a guess? Well, that'll be your next. Well, uh, yeah, you can also just like decide to pass and yeah, you just can move pass on this to the turn next if, game. at no yeah. at no loss of points. All right, let me. I'm gonna get another clue. Okay. okay. I have We're a nine guess, but I wanna wait. Yeah. All right. Great. Great strategy. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Am I showing Pick- my hand? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pick another gate, please. Gate one. Gate one. <laughs> okay. 
voice. <laughs> it's um, Daniel's uh, Will Arnett voice. This enchanted gate. Hold on. Okay. This enchanted gate. Your your clue. This movie costs seventy five million dollars and made three hundred thirty five million dollars. It was the fourth highest grossing film that year. And, uh, and as a kind of additional hint, the film received mixed reviews and a single Academy Award nomination. Now, keep in mind, this is a film starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know, that's a wide swath. Can I guess? Yes, you can at the... At the Cost uh, of one point. At the, Two no, points, I'm Well, sorry. if you get it right, you don't lose any points. But yeah, go ahead. You're at nine points. Caitlin, do you have a guess? I think it's National Treasure. Caitlin... You are deducted two points. Damn oh, no! it! Oh, but that's a very good guess. Very I was yeah. thinking National yeah. Treasure too, but I'm, I don't know who directed that movie. Correlations here. Okay, wow. Okay. But very, very, very valiant guess. But that said, now it's time for the villain heel over here. That's me. To slither in and try and make a Dang. grabby effort. I am Nitro. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are the Nitro. Your Nitro and Stone Cold Steve Austin rolled into. He's one. not. Stone Cold's not a bad. Guy. I don't know wrestlers. <laughs> oh okay, my God. whatever. Jesus. <laughs> All right, Gabriel. Yes. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna guess or are you gonna pass? I mean, The Rock was more of a bad guy. Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I. I really don't have a guess. That's a lot of money. Um, and it's a pretty big budget too. And Nicolas Cage has done a lot of fucking films. And apparently, this director is a big enough name that I would probably know it. So the dude makes a fucking—he's the Joyce Carol Oates of acting. He just does it and does it and does it. That's a good point, but the quality is definitely uh, there with Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the the cast member thing. There's been a bunch of James Cameron movies, and I have mm-hmm. to be like, who would that be? Is it mm-hmm. what's her face? Um, uh, from <laughs> Aliens and Terminator. Uh, but Nicolas Cage. I'm gonna have to pass as well. All right, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Nope, you lose no points, and you're moving on. All right, all right, all right. Gabe- I, I still have nine points, right? Yes. I, I don't know. You're counting. You're counting. Yeah, Caitlin has seven. I'm counting Caitlin's. Caitlin yes. has seven. I'm counting. Se- you count your okay, own. I'm counting God my own. I have my fingers. Right. Oh, G- Lord. Gabriel, stop being a piece of shit and guess another goddamn fucking game. Number one. Number one. She already guessed number one. You dick. Shit. <laughs> five. All right. Five. <laughs> Gate number five. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. The top-billed actor in the film oh. requested a cabin be built for them near the location where they shot, so they wouldn't have to travel so much during production. So Nicholas Cage isn't the top actor of the movie, then, I presume. He didn't say otherwise. That's true. So that means Nicholas Cage was a supporting actor in this movie. Three hundred and thirty-five million director. When's the last time yeah. Nick Cage did a big supporting role <clears throat> in a very expensive movie? And uh, and Caitlin, if you ever need like me to refresh any of like the hints that like I previously given, just, like, I'm over here taking notes, dude. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that's how. Yeah, I'm taking uh, it serious. Yeah, you're on. Uh, you're taking notes on one of your favorite uh, 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 note apps, uh, IMDb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> look at your headphones and the pen and paper. You look like a code breaker. Okay. You wish. I'd be- It'd be funny if he showed us that pitch, uh, the, the, what you were drawing on, and it was just a picture of us getting like shot with arrows. I'm like, I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, that's so interesting. He wasn't... He, the, the t- location? Okay. What's the last time that Nicolas Cage was not the lead? See, these are very obscure hints, but if you kind of put them together, it's definitely like yeah. nudging you towards a direction. Don Simpson. Don Simpson. Famous monster. Yes. 
Issa, Fable, and Crystal Myth. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure it would be the Sorcerer's Apprentice because Jay Baruchel, known monster. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, I can't believe it. I still have, I have to pass once again. All right, you're down to how many points? I'm down to eight points. Caitlin, do you want to do you want to take a shot at this and possibly lose points, or do you just want to move on? Moving on, you're shaking. New gate. All right, no <laughs> problem. New gate. Caitlin, pick a number between one and ten. Two. Two. All right. Here's a here's this should be a fairly good hint for y'all. All right. Okay. <clears throat> gate two. Among the main cast, there are no women. <laughs> the first woman credited, the first woman credited, is Eighth Build, playing the girlfriend to one of the male leads. Shocker. <laughs> Interesting. No idea. No idea. Are you moving on? Moving on. Moving on. You're down to this six points. This pissing me off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gabriel, I think I have a strong guess. Are you going to make that guess, or are you going to move on? I'm going to go for it. All right, Gabriel, what do you guess? Daniel, is it The Rock? Is it The Rock? Yes. Gabriel, you have won! Yes! Gatekeeper! I didn't even know that movie existed. <laughs> the oh. Rock? Oh, I've never even said heard the rock. of it. That was funny. Yeah, you really? actually you actually said The Rock referring to Dwayne Johnson, which was yeah. actually going to be a hint. That's so funny. Um, no, I, well, it was uh, Michael Bay. Yes. Um, a uh, Sean Connery film. I have not seen this movie, by the way. Really, it's yeah. really good. Eh, yeah, we'll see about actually, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, good. I don't. Yeah, it's good. Ellipsis. As good as a Michael Bay movie can be. That might have been my eleven-year-old brain talking. <laughs> I'm sure it's fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be one of his good ones. In a horrible Michael Bay kind of way, produced by Don Simpson. Uh, Nineteen ninety-six. Yes, mm. uh, Don Simpson was the uh, producing uh, uh, partner of Jerry Bruckheimer. That makes mm. a lot of sense. Um, and apparently, yeah, like both Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Michael Bay are like lesser versions of Don Simpson's kind of like debauchery, basically. Sure. There are other un- more unseemly things about him that I kind of crossed over because it's like, yeah, it's not to go too dark. But that's it. Let me, if you don't mind. What are the rest of the gates? I'm going to read the rest of the gates that y'all didn't select, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, number four was the the role that Nicolas Cage took was supposed to be originally played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger, however, Weird. didn't like the that. script. Although IMDb apparently states that um, he was supposed to play the other role, which, by the way, was performed by uh, the leading the lead actor of The Rock was Sean Connery, mm. who wanted a cabin built on Alcatraz so he didn't have to make the trip every day. Fair enough. Yeah. Let me one second. Yeah. No women. There's no women in The Rock. Yeah, um, there's, there's, there's a, uh, oddly enough, that's what gives it away for me that like, uh, Nicholas Cage's girlfriend is like played by someone. So yeah, the, there's two women. One is Nicholas Cage's girlfriend. The other one is, uh, Sean Connery's daughter, daughter. And like, they're not high build. Yeah. The rest yeah. are like Ed Harris. Oh, and the actor who appeared in, uh, multiple James Cameron movies was Michael Bean. Hey, yeah. the Bean man. I didn't, I didn't really know he was in it. Again, I haven't seen the rock. Uh, several famous writers go uncredited for their contributions to the script. They are Aaron Sorkin, Jonathan Henslaw, and Quentin Tarantino. Hey. Uh, the Sork. Total sweet. Also, yeah, apparently uh, Jerry Bruckheimer compares Michael Bay to James Cameron, but like always like, yeah, but Michael Bay is like an actual sweetheart at like the center of him. But like at the center of him. But like, but like, yeah, because no, he is. We, we need a justification. He is a douchebag. Yeah, I, you he's know. known to be an absolute asshole. I don't know where this. Yeah, is. like my favorite he's story of him is the Bill Hader one, which is just a great which, story. Which is the Bill Hader one? Bill Hader meets him at the Playboy Mansion, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, Bill Hader knows who he is, mm-hmm. and uh, 
um, Michael Bay's like, so what do you do, man? You funny or something? And uh, Bill Hader's like, yeah, I'm on SNL. And it's like, and Michael Bay says, yeah, it's not funny. And um, <laughs> Bill Hader's like, so what do you do? Who are you? And Michael Bay's like, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's it's me. I make it's Michael Bay. I made like Transformers. What a piece of shit. And Bill Hader responds, Oh, I don't want shit like that. <laughs> and Michael Bay is like, Ah, get this guy a beer. <laughs> he, yeah, he oh. he is immature. Have like, you seen his car though? Yeah. His transparent car? Um, he has a jet. That, that was gonna be one of like the, the, the hints. It's like the film the director of this movie has a jet. He has the car from Parks and Rec, the Rolexus. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> he has the one of like the 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 yellow fucking what do you call it mich- uh, cars from Transformer? Yeah, the the ones that Bumblebee wore. Anyway, whatever. Uh, uh, number eight was uh these are some of the keywords. <laughs> these are some of the keywords from IMDb for this movie: tourists, cool, <laughs> cool, <laughs> sex interrupted by telephone. Wow, sex on couch. Wow, talking during sex. I'm being very selective here. Sure. Woman proposes marriage. Trailer narrated by Hal Douglas. Close-up of eye. Oscar Wilde quotation. <laughs> Oscar Wilde? Wait. Okay. <laughs> Tough guy. And two-word title. All right. I was cool. Being, like, basically, I don't know. Like, IMDb keywords are so fucking dumb. Like, there's, like, a million of them, and I just picked out ones that were less obvious, but, like, kind of silly. I like them. Anyway. Uh, number nine. Sorry. Two more. Um, number nine. Nick Cage wanted to be in this movie solo due to his co-star. Uh, the director initially declined this movie because it wasn't serious enough. Quote unquote. Sure, it wasn't. <clears throat> uh, number ten. Uh, this one I totally pulled out of my ass. This movie is a Criterion Collection release. It's considered a pinnacle achievement and totally represents the decade it came out in. That would have given it away for me. Which is how the Criterion kind of like said like, oh, it's an important movie because of this. It's totally it is the '90s action movie. And it's definitely not because Michael Bay is an investor in Criterion. Is that why? It's also why Armageddon is on there. I uh, know. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I mean, sense mm-hmm. right. not on there anymore which is crazy because it's like oh only the rock and criterion be fucking fun. maybe gave up yeah but that's it i'll get it for you on uh laser disc <laughs> that's it that's how we play gatekeeper caitlin i won gatekeeper caitlin yeah you won no, you've no, done no. you've done an admiral job. Everyone unfortunately loses to this fucking pilot shit yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the champ uh he also his high score out of 10 is 20 so, like, if, if that makes you feel any better, where it's like, yeah, at some point you just do whatever. Yeah, yeah, I had bingo yeah. twice in a row. Yeah, basically. Nice. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that said, uh, thank you so much for playing. Good job, all y'all. Uh, we're going to go to break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our feelings. About Lovely Dark Deep? Lo- lovely Dark Deep, right? That said, go to break. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello. Dear listener readers. I'm still Gabe. To Slow Readers. That's a show. I'm still Daniel. You, I already said I'm still Gabe. Yeah, 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 thank yeah. you. And Caitlin, I know you're running short on time, so at any point, if like you like need to like duck, just be like, hey guys, I need to go in case we're going on too long. Just you know. Okay. That said, uh, let's go into our feelings yeah. about Lovely Dark Deep by Just Carol Oates. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with our our, our, our our wonderful guest here, Caitlin. Caitlin. How was it reading your first Joyce Carol Oates story? Um, fine. I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah, I, no, I don't have anything that's coming, like, jumping to mind. Like, I didn't have a, a specifically, like, a strong opinion either way. Um, it was pretty neutral for me. 
Um, I did read it once. I feel like stuff like this, I probably, I don't know, you might find more to it if you read it a few more times. Uh -huh. um, catch up on, or, you know, catch more things. Um, but she's obviously an, an excellent writer. Um, yeah, pretty neutral. Solid. Okay. Uh, Gabriel, how is this? Like, this is, I don't know how many stories you've read at this point, essentially at this point. I don't know. You're, you're, you're fairly in there. How do yeah. you like reading Lovely, Dark, Deep? I liked it a lot. That This is the one that kind of, I mean, like a lot of these stories eventually fade into the mists of my general, like, Joyce Carol Oates feelings of mm -hmm. like, this shit's dark. There's a constant threat of some sexual violence, mm. but there's a but it's done really well, and I think it's always interesting because it's always written as well. It's written by a woman, so that's always what I'm very curious about. That you read a lot about like sexual violence from a male point of view, or like in Stephen King stories, <clears throat> there's always that weird threat of sex, if not necessarily sexual violence. Mm -hmm. So I find like the the elements that are hidden in this story of like like always the talk of her panties and like the threat yeah. of like a I can understand why like like his grandkids and like the biographers are like Robert Frost would never talk about her tender little bottom and her panties getting wet so I I, I always really like I, I real we, we never mentioned like the the sort of framing device to it it's that mm. it begins with like like Evangeline is the narrator, and every now and again, she kind of slides into a third-person description. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. I was yeah, it's, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. And also, in the beginning, like it talks about how she takes a photo of him looking like sad and fat and sitting on a chair, yeah. and she also sells the photo at some point. So we know walking in that Evangeline has, if not ulterior motives, that something is odd and dark about this interaction she has. And it kind of descends further and further into something not actually supernatural, but almost like symbolically supernatural with a demon talk, etc. Mm. I, I always really like what Joyce Carol Oates does of slowly twisting a knife in finding out that, oh, our, there's, there's something behind the eyes of our characters. Yeah. And you kind of picking back on both on both of what y'all said is that yeah like this is a story that like I want to kind of read again and maybe read something into this because I feel like there's something meta going on mm -hmm. I don't fully grasp between not just like the demon talk but like the whole witch talk yeah um the yeah mm -hmm. apparently uh, suggestion of precognition Robert yeah there's precognition a curse even Joseph mm -hmm. uh, Oates loves stories of the gothic and of course has to highlight like that. Robert Frost has a couple goth poems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just like Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's so yeah. No, but otherwise, I dig this. I, I, I always suspected that like Robert Frost was always a secret asshole. And I can I can I can <laughs> I see that. I don't know that. how he couldn't be, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, You're a rock star for Pulitzer poem. During uh, uh, that time period, like. <clears throat> yeah. The, there, yeah. For that time period, there's something very interesting that like we don't really understand as like the people in our times but like you know celebrity sensitive poets you know yeah. there's something kind of contradictory like mm -hmm. at some point you a lot of them also start out as kind of like young ambitious you know sensitive usually men and then like they get huge and like they kind of become like they they stay on brand 
Yeah. Even though they're getting older and changing and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting thing there. And I do want to say, um, Jurassic Oats also has a, like a short story collection slash novel or whatever it is called Wild Nights. Wild Nights. She, uh, she fictionalizes, uh, the last days and death of like several authors throughout history. Can't wait to read that one. From their perspective. And I actually, she does have one for Robert Frost. In fact, uh, I don't think it's the story. (laughs) That'd be um, surprising. I don't think so. I, I, it could be. But she also like writes in their style too. Kind of like at the beginning mm. of this story, like in the very beginning, I felt mm-hmm. like she was really trying to emulate like the kind of like Robert Frost style. Yeah. But she did uh, Ernest Hemingway. She did uh, Edgar Allan Poe. I think she did Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. I want to say it's her. If, uh, authors who famously died, maybe uh, 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 Belger, uh, uh, Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath was in there too. Mm. But yeah, so that's, I, I, I haven't, I keep talking about that one. I've never read it. <laughs> I oh. don't have it with me. It's out of print. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Yeah. Damn. Anyway. But yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. Let's um, But let's hurry on real yeah. quick to the next session called uh, uh, Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Brought to us by our buddies from the Whip Around Podcast on the East Coast. Yes, our good friends, the Whip Around. Every Whip Around Wednesday, Whip Around is one word, no space. It's not the Fox News show. We're Dr. Phil Laporta and our good friend Sean Hayes. They talk about all things weird news, macabre, and science. We love them. They love us. We're a one happy family. Kissing family. Kissing family. Ugh. I'm not kissing Sean. What? Maybe Dr. Phil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, but uh, Caitlin, uh, mm-hmm. years from now, when you recall having read, when you hear the name like Joska, oh, it's in passing, mm-hmm. or it's like, oh, I read that story, Lovely Dark Deep. Is there anything that's going to come to mind? Is there any, will you have any hazy memories? Um, that's a good question. Um, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's interesting when I when I first read this, I didn't catch so much of the gothic kind of dark undertones. But now, even hearing you guys talk about it, obviously reading a lot of her other work, you would be able to see more trends and more themes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my only uh, story of hers that I've read. So now, with that, and even like the way that you guys described her as kind of being like a. <laughs> You know, a grown Wednesday Adams. Even that is a pretty gothic kind of horror image. I probably kind of have that um, memory, I, I suppose, of her just kind of like a creepy old lady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. Hey, t- tweet at her at Joe's Carol. She's very active on. She's Twitter. very active on Twitter. <laughs> You're yes. a creepy old lady. Loved your. <laughs> loved your Should be story. like fuck yeah, I am. F- <laughs> like fuck spelled F U K. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, are you interested in seeking out more Joyce Carol Oates' work? Yeah, I think I would read some more of hers. Um, yeah. Um, I, the one we always highly recommend is her novella called Black Water. It is a fictionalized account of the Chappaquiddick incident, the one where uh, Ted Ted Kennedy accidentally murdered a woman by crashing a car and she drowned in it. Sounds the, like a real uplifting. Yeah, and the book is written from her perspective as she slowly drowns, and oh, it's horrible. one of the best and most gutting things I've ever read. Period. Oof. Yeah. Wow. But that said, in case you can't tell, in case you can't see a trend here, is that her focus on darker subjects, on like uh, powerful men, and like yeah. yeah, I'm starting to see that the more <laughs> I'm hearing about her and some of the other. I mean, even when I was, you asked me to pick out a short story. I mean, I was just going by the titles because I had no. I mean, it was just. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to go by, and so it is interesting, um, you know, hearing more about some of her other writing, some of the themes and um, trends, you know, in her writing. It's interesting. 
Okay, yeah. It was pretty rad. Let us know if you need a, a recommendation. Also, she like every other year she puts out like an 800-page novel, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, she's 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 crazy, uh, Gabriel. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 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 hazy memory, go. Um, honestly, I'm probably gonna think of uh, like the last moments of where he like drops the notebook and he's just kind of like like really like it, it's building to this moment where he's just kind of like oh he's just a the description of him from the very beginning is like of his udders bursting through his shirt <laughs> and his like fat thighs and his weak legs like I don't know there's there's something I I, I love Joyce Carol Oates's prose and I never ever. Like she always, it's it's like being suckered into a into a bad pun every time, where you're like <laughs> you, you think you see it coming, but you never do. And then like, I I, I walk into every Joyce Carol Oates story like, okay, it's a Joyce Carol Oates time, and she still tricks me and still lulls me into a false sense of security. She lets me think I know what's happening, and then she pulls a rug every time, mm-hmm. and it's really great. And I love like the coda to this of just him like, like he gets torn down by this woman of a, a strange almost supernatural like knowledge of his life and a steely edge to her mm-hmm. and she also just like profits from taking this photo of him in like a weak like mm-hmm. pathetic moment there's 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 a I, I think what Joyce Carol Oates does wonderfully well is she like always loves turning it around on making the, a woman the predator which is mm-hmm. super cool and I, I, I love how she depicts it it's never yeah when, it's never like an ice pick to your head it's always right. a slow More subtle, subtle realization yeah when when that happens there are also There's she plenty also of, yeah yeah there are also of horror stories like blackwater um you know stories in haunted like yeah. we we read a lot of stories from uh the female of the species which yeah. is about that kind of about, reversal, yeah, like a black black so. widow reversals yeah I wonder if that. I wonder if that's like a real picture. What I a wonder. what a dumb name for in town, Breadloaf. 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 Daniel, what is your hazy memory from Lovely Dark Deep? <clears throat> uh, speaking of which, just because I saw it again, uh, I like that little stinger at the very end of the first section, which is like she takes the picture and she like notes that like later on I'll sell it, and it's credited. It's d- discreetly cataloged as Breadloaf August 1951, photographer unknown. <laughs> just again, kind of like. Oh, it's even in a story like this where it's it could be very straightforward, but she still has to make it like a fucking gothic fable. Yeah, and like great? you don't know what's the deal with uh, Ev- Evangeline Fife. Yes, like is like is, she, is that her real name? They talk. Is that her real name? Is she a real person? Is yeah. is she imagined? Is, is she, she some, a witch? Is she a descendant of witches? Is she a yeah. demon? I don't know, but like interesting. It, yeah, just like that little hint that she gives right off the bat, where it's like, "All right, oh, it's you're gonna trick me. I get it. Now. Mm-hmm. Good job." But anyway, uh, but yeah, great, cool. Um, that said, uh, before because I know we only have so much time, Caitlin, uh, mm-hmm. are there any like it, are there any things you want to draw our listener readers to? Any like, any plugs? plugs? Uh, I, probably by the time this, I don't know how this when this will air um, tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow oh, great <laughs> well I've got edge of uh, our teeth yeah I've got three uh, three shows this week doing stand up um, Wednesday night I will be in San Bernardino Thursday I'll be in West Hollywood and Saturday I'll be in Pacoima so I don't know if any of if you're in those areas and you want to come to an outdoor socially distanced comedy show like <laughs> yeah you know Hit me up. I'll get you. I'll get you some tickets. Um, mm-hmm. That's it, though. Other than that, it's just COVID living, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out in my living room. 
All right, Gabriel, plug. Um, as always, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is a wonderful cultural heritage documentary podcast that I contributed to back last year in season one. The talk we're supposed to have is my episode. It's about my life. It's about my drama and biography and all the other shit that comes with being a Asian person in a white man's world. Um, it was featured on the AV Club and aired on the San Francisco Public Radio. So I'm very proud of that. Give that a listen. Caitlin, give it a listen. Everyone want to learn some really, really heavy, heavy shit shit about me it's 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 a riot whenever someone's like oh i heard it and i'm like oh boy (laughs) you heard me some deep very scary moments um besides that please check out the other top gallant radio show that we produce it is called ap film by film school professionals where katie Kometz and malamorones are two young ladies who are fresh out of college who did not go to film school so decided to create their own film school curriculum they watch films every week soon we will have a youtube series for them we'll be listening to episodes there have some watch alongs they're a great time they're currently in the middle of their horror film season spooptober so um they're watching horror films film so give them a listen give them a review i enjoy their show a lot they're a riot mm-hmm. and follow me on instagram at read.richards daniel yeah uh first off the best place to reach uh us at uh slow readers is to tweet at me at top gallant radio uh just like our old our our new best friend felix troll widow troll widow <laughs> at troll widow um i don't know why he's named that his thing is all about literature sure uh, uh but that and he's english uh, which doesn't mean, yeah, maybe he's all about, maybe he lives under a bridge. Yeah, maybe. He's a big Twilight Chili Peppers fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, uh, yeah, you can, uh, I recommend all y'all out there to check out the Wondery show that I contributed to and helped out. It's a little thing called Guru! Guru! The Dark Side of Enlightenment. All, what, like six episodes plus like the two bonus ones are out. Uh, I, once like the new ones that I, I've also been helping him out with get announced with like a trailer, I can talk about them soon. Uh, but there's a lot coming up. Um, that said, I also recommend because uh, speaking of, I believe the what the guest we're going to record this week, mm. uh, Christy Ban- uh, Bannon's Brandon. Uh, Brandon, I thought so. I always want to say Bannon. You know uh, Christy Brandon, right, Caitlin? Uh, yeah, she's she's on our show. I think once or twice. Yeah. 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 She's a cool cat. She's going to be on our show next. Uh, this is going to be our third appearance, and we're going to Caitlin. You can beat her. I know it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, no, we're going to be reading The Corn Maiden. Yeah. The novella. But, yeah, Wonderful. I'm excited for that. Also, check out Christy's uh, podcast. It's all downhill. Uh, I will be on an episode coming up. That's going to be all exciting Ooh. and shit. Yeah, I did a show a while ago. Christy is a great conversationalist. She is. She kept me. I felt bad because, like, we were we were talking for, like, two hours, and I, I kept apologizing. She's like, all right, shut up. I got th- I got, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Daniel's a real Frost Nixon kind of interview. Yeah, I'm a real Frosty Nixon. Oh, boy. <laughs> there we go. Oh. High five laptop. I wanted to do a three-peat of that, and I just remembered at the very end. That's it. Thank well you so much, Caitlin, for Caitlin, being on the was, show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you were you. a wonderful guest. I hope you had a nice time. Thank hope you. you'll um, consider coming back. Um, I'm thinking of doing maybe in a couple months, we're going to do nothing but self-help books because Gerard Cole, another okay. friend of the show, a great comedian, he wants to do the four agreements. And I'm like, maybe it'll be fun to do like for December, January, nothing but self-help books. So oh, yeah, please like come back on your year. show. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I'm down with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. You're very welcome. Thank you, Caitlin. And to all you out there listening to us, continuing spooky Oatstober, listen next week. Horror <laughs> will happen. Are you drunk? Listen to I'll us next week. next week. Horror. Bye, everyone. Top Gallant Radio. 
brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara. 